You know, it's one of those kind of coincidental or even fated moments because you actually look back sometimes and think, gosh, if we had never turned up at that doorstep on mm. that, if, if one of us had been 30 seconds earlier or later, and it's one of those things you look back uh, like a sliding doors moment and think yeah. that could have, uh, you know, how different things would be for us, uh, for lots of people, for Dan Brown, for example. Hmm, no, that is a, a fabulous synchronicity. So, do you believe in crop circles, and does Lynn? Um, actually, probably not. That's the ironic thing, because uh, this lecture we went to, it was in um, early 1989, and it was before people really picked up on the crop circle thing, and there was a lecture by um, Ralph Noyes, who used to be at the... Um, uh, chairman, I believe, of the Society for Psychical Research. And he was doing it as an introduction to it, because it was actually a new subject to most people. And it actually got us very kind of captivated at the time, but um, it's not something we followed greatly, but this was before the kind of crop circle hoaxes came along and mm. kind of deflated the whole thing. So, um, but, you know, it, it's something we have an open mind about, but we've never sort of specially studied. It just happened to be the thing that, um, that introduced us. So how on earth do you go from being at a crop circles lecture to deciding that you'll, you'll write a, a book about Leonardo da Vinci and the Turin Shroud? It's another one that's kind of, you look back and you think it was almost unavoidable that we were <laughs> really? going to do it, yeah. <laughs> it sounds a weird thing. It's just the timing. For example, um, as I expect most people now remember that uh, the famous carbon dating of the Turin Shroud back in October 1988, um, which came up with you know, that it's only a kind of medieval or early Renaissance date. It's not 2,000 years old. Um, and uh, that was kind of news of the, of the, of the time. Mm. So, and it's one of these things, the, the, the things that Lynn and I do, we tend to be kind of, we're just perverse thinkers. Everyone went off the Turin Shroud at that moment, so we decided to get interested because it came out and said, it's not 2,000 years old, it's a hoax. It's, you know, no one's interested anymore. And we suddenly thought, hang on, all the carbon dating's done is tell us how old the shroud is. But the mystery about the shroud wasn't so much how old it was, it was how the image got there. Mm. And nobody had explained that. That's where we kind of, that's why we got interested. We kind of thought, actually, the image on the shroud is as incompatible with a 14th century date as it is with a 1st century date. There's still, you know, you still haven't explained it in terms of a work of art or anything like that. And then over the course of a few years, because it was a, well, it, this was 89 that we, we got interested in it. Um, there's a few other little kind of synchronicities along the way. Lynn was involved in um, uh, a photographic exhibition at the Royal Photographic Society that she was a consultant to, which the centrepiece was uh, a full-scale replica of the shroud newly unmasked as a hoax and it just, we just kind of kept got drawn into that subject and it happened to be the place that we started but then kind of led to a whole progression of of research and of books coming out of that research fabulous now excitingly we have our next synchronicity which is some guy called christopher from battersea on the line hello christopher Oh, hi, Frankie, and hi, Hello. Clive. Hello, hi. hi. I'm just going to ask, um, there seems to be a growing consensus. I'm, I'm not saying I know whether this is true or know whether this is the truth, uh -huh. but there seems to be a growing consensus that Jesus is not a historical figure, that he's a sun cult. 
and that he's based on other, it's not just the sun, he's based on other pagan deities. I've and heard of that one as well. And, and there's a lot of, uh, there's a one guy, I'm not saying I believe everything Jordan Maxwell says, but there's a chap called Jordan Maxwell who's, uh, who goes into this in, in great detail. Um, this is probably going to change a lot of like the, the kind of Dan Brown, which you, which you obviously, you know, invented to, a, to a, a large extent, so Clive and Lynn Pick invented, but is this going, would you think this is going to undermine some of your theories? Oh, well, thank you, Christopher, for that. That's really interesting. Yes, yeah, Clive. It is, it is a good point, and it also kind of uh, gives me a nice feed in to, um, to, to plug the latest book, which is called <laughs> the, the, the Masks of Christ, which is our um, Clive's attempt... Clive's two steps ahead of you there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is our kind of uh, attempt to uh, look at and solve the mysteries around the historical Jesus. And, of course, the first thing you have to say is... is was he was, an archetype? Yeah, what, did he really exist at all? And for a number of reasons, because like you're saying, it does, it is becoming a sort of a growing school of thought that Jesus himself was either a fictional or a mythical character. Um, having looked at all the evidence, um, Lynn and I certainly don't go along with that.